thank you all so much for joining us. If you for Real Talk Live, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Colanda. This is Stanley. <laughs> thank you for joining us for an all new season of the Real Room. Woo! And yes, that's so exciting. What, what better way? Huh? So at six. Um, who you? I should know that. How old is Makai? Six. So this is five. Okay, that's a good way to remember. Yeah. Yeah, I use babies as my timeline. Yeah. For everything. So, year, yeah. so season five, year five for mm -hmm. us. Um, mm -hmm. we got so well. I know I did. I know they we shot these Stanley. We got so much. So like, much catching up to do. Yeah, yeah. So what's yeah. what's what's new for you? Uh, so much. I mean, we we took a small vacation and it's like the church just went crazy. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, here we now we got to come back and put get y'all back in order. <laughs> oh, I said, Lord, we can't go away for one month. I know. I can like I know. nuts. <laughs> I got I got so much um people asking me about my tie. People asking me about um, Devon and uh, Megan Good. Megan, mm, um, Megan, Megan about, Good, soon to be Platts. Okay. People asking me about Cora, Jakes Coleman. People asking me about um, this new interview, Kiera Sheard. I can't think oh, of Oh, about keeping, keeping your friends away from your husbands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I feel like we do have a lot to catch up on. Yeah, but, we got a lot to catch up on. So we're gonna, I guess we we're gonna start but, from yeah. Go ahead. But this topic is so it's is I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. Um, I was at um All Nations um service last night. Shout out to Pastor Scales. Um, he's he's been on it, y'all. Seriously, he's really been on it lately. But um, I was at the All Nations service and um. Pastor Scales' message uh, was pretty much in line with what um, we were going to, what we already had planned on talking about um, tonight. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm gonna tell y'all now. Some of the stuff y'all might hear, it, it'll be stolen from him. I do some stuff out of copy from him. I, I don't know if he's tuned in or listening, but if he is, I'm telling it now. Um, but I will say, like Pastor Scales said, you know, I give him his credit, but. Um, I just out last night. I was just like, "Wow!" I say, "So this is confirmation." I believe this is what this is. Some of the things that we need to talk about in regards to this generation. So I'm I'm ready. So how did you come up with this topic, Sister Douglas? So I guess like we are in a, like the time where pastors are trying to find, especially now that we're still still like having online services more than ever they're trying to find a way to keep their audiences engaged and so mm -hmm. a lot of pastors are going above and beyond with illustrations and it used to just be that you know pastor could just paint the picture with his words now people are actually like renting out props renting out spaces and stuff like that to actually mm -hmm. set the scene to set the tone and so I was thinking like, okay, that's a great way to like really illuminate the word, make the word come to life. But then I started thinking, I wonder how many of these ministries after they've done these grand illustrations, like I wonder what altar call looks like after that. Are they laying hands? Is anybody getting delivered? Is anybody getting saved? Is anybody getting healed? Or are we just so in awe with the illustration and then we walk away and then we just come back the next week to see what pastor has come up with again. 
So that's really mm. how I started thinking about it. It made me like, I wonder what they altar call is like. Because mm. we spend a lot of time showing the clips of the illustration. It'd be nice every now and then to show a little flash of what the like the altar call was like. Or mm. so that's a start, very good topic. So then they had me start thinking about okay, illustration is a good thing, but then you have other churches where. Pastor don't have to, does not use all of those props or doesn't do, you know, rent out all these spaces and everything like that to make the word come alive. But there is more focus on dem the demonstration of the power of God. So then I'm, I wanted to know, is one more important than the other? And can you be a church where you have one and don't have the other? Mm, your, I, is your ministry effective? I don't think, hold on, let me turn this light down because it's, it's really highlighting my grades and I don't like it. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, <laughs> this is the real room, y'all. This is the real room, y'all. But anyway, um, I think, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's, it should be a both and. Um, when you look at the ministry of Jesus uh, and how he ministered, uh, he, he spoke in parables. Um, he, those, as we know, are, are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Um, we would call them analogies and stuff like that. So a lot of the stories that we hear about the prodigal son and uh, the lost sheep, the lost corn, the unjust judge, um, the, the rich young ruler and all of that. Those are those were not actual events that took place, but those are parables that Jesus used to try to make the abstract concrete. And um, it was effective, but Jesus also demonstrated the word with power you know he still healed the sick he still raised the dead he still fed the five thousand so i think it's not like it should be it should be either this or that it should be both i would say um it's okay to have both because when you preach the gospel especially nowadays you gotta and, and as as some of us that are, that do preach and that do minister we can't preach it the same way it was preached that same style 20, 30, 40 years ago. Nothing wrong with that, but nowadays you have to be a little bit more creative. You have to be a little bit more, um, you have your message be more conversational, you know, because people are, you know, the heavy breathing and yep, that sound like you got the asthma attack, you know, people are not really like, you know, into that anymore. So people really want to know, do you really know what you're talking about? Do you really believe what you're talking about? But I do believe that the word of God is so powerful that when you really apply it, then there is going to be a demonstration of God's word. Um, uh, like, for instance, uh, my, my pastor, Bishop Hall, you know, he's a teacher, but there were moments with him just teaching that the power of God swept through the church and he would lay hands on people that were sick. They would get healed. Uh, people would get saved. And it was just off the simple just teaching. So I believe that it's both. It should be both. It should be a demonstration and it should be illustration. I don't, I don't think it should be one against the other, though. But can the illustration be so powerful? Well, if the illustration is so powerful, shouldn't we almost expect there to be a demonstration? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think the illustration is supposed to just give you a, a visual thought of what the word of God is saying. And the demonstration is supposed to give you a physical reaction of what the word of God can do. Ooh, that was kind of deep. Y'all just missed that one. That <laughs> and I guess the people who are listening, when we say demonstration, because like when we mean it in the church sense, I mean like laying hands, 
like Prophecy. the miracles and stuff. Tongues, um, deliverance. I mean, signs of physical signs of the power of God being present. Especially if we're saying that it's God mm. who is giving us these illustration ideas. Mm -hmm. I feel like He would take it a step further and go on to demonstrate. And so, you know, while we were still out, you know, we had one of the mm -hmm. biggest. I feel like illustrators today is Mike Todd. Like he's a big time illustrator but he actually um was a student of and i may be wrong but i know that there's a connection he was a student of lebron friend which is one of the greatest illustrators as well like that dude can illustrate a message i've Probably, never really seen but, him illustrate oh he's a beast when it comes to illustrate like his so you know and i believe i think mike todd they were in ministry together some years ago and he kind of mirrored LeBron friend, but it passed LeBron friend in Atlanta. But he is a beast when it comes to illustrations. I, I mean, I, I enjoy illustrations, but when they're within context and within reason. Now, we ain't talking about nothing crazy. You spitting in your hand and putting it in the people's face. That that was a distract. If your illustration has caused a distraction from the word, then you then you have failed your purpose of that illustration. And yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I enjoy illustrations too. As a matter of fact, illustrations are how I came to understand the infilling of the Holy the Holy Ghost and how he gives us tongues. So like I remember being in church and my godmother had a bucket full of water and some type of bottle or something. She pushed it underwater and then the water, of course, it started above the it started bubbling because now that the bottle is underneath the water, mm -hmm. it's trying to fill up. She was like, this is what it's like to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When you're submerged in the spirit and then that bubbling sound, she was like, that is exactly how it is, you know, with the song. So that like illuminated mm -hmm. us, you know, to us. So I, but I, I agree. It was like enough for you to like spit in your hand. You didn't even have to really spit in your hand for me to get it. That was um, disgusting. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know he was, yeah. I, I I I have a weak people that really really know me personally know I have a weak stomach. I can't look at blood. I can't look at vomit. I can't look at spit. I get sick. But I know Pastor. Now let me just say this: We know Pastor Todd has apologized and yeah yeah. Did this, so we're not bashing him. We're not going. We're not backtracking. But this has caused a conversation. So let me just say that. So you know those of you that that listen to Mike Todd, you know if he's been a blessing to you, keep listening to him. You know and allow him to you know, allow his ministry to be a blessing and you can grow in the ministry. Um, as the old people say, house and never. I do think that sometimes we as preachers, if not careful, we can do things with good intentions, but it causes, uh, like I said earlier, it causes a distraction. Now, what he tried to, the point that he was trying to make, I, I believe that his intentions were pure, but sometimes we could do things, you know, just out of our own natural way of thinking, thinking that it'll get across and it doesn't. So that's why you really have to be mindful and um, allow the Lord to lead you. Now, I'm not saying God didn't tell him to do it. I'm not saying God did tell him to do it. But what I am saying is for those of us in ministry that are coming up and, you know, or that are already there, you need to make sure that whatever you do, when you get before God's people, that it's really a life or death situation because the very word that God gives you can really determine if a person wants to live or die. So that moment, those 45 minutes to an hour or so, however long it takes you to preach, those are very critical because those are 
that's when you're saying, this is what the Lord is telling me to tell you. And this is how, so everything that you do in that moment is very serious. And I think we need to get back to more being more serious when it comes to preaching and, and, and teaching the word of God. Like I said, okay, first Pastor Scales point, um, I'm giving a shout out. <laughs> but last night he was talking about being a witness. And um, one of the things about being a witness is that, you know, it, it's really being a witness for God is really one of the things that the Holy Ghost himself gives you after you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're supposed to be a witness. You're supposed to, you know, show the demonstration of his word. You're supposed to show the love of God in your character and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, that's that's really what's important. I want to know for the people listening, what is important to them? Is it, do you all feel like you prefer one or the uh, over the other? Or like, do you feel like a great ministry has a combination of both? There's so much because I really want to say, but I'm, 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 I'm really trying my best not to revert back. It's, it's our first, it's our first show. I know, us. but it's, mm -mm. Because I don't want to revert back to my old school Kojic ways. So <laughs> it's so much I, I really could say about I mean, we, all of this. So I'm so maybe this might help because I kind of feel like a little Kojic churchy. I kind of mm -hmm. feel like the word is already alive. It doesn't necessarily need us to illustrate it or like buy boats and you know, come bring them on stage or like actually. You know, I guess that's I get what you're saying. It. We yeah. didn't really need all that to for the word to come alive. That's like the spirit's job to illuminate the word, make the words come off the pages. So now that people are actually doing it, I don't have a problem with it, but I do want to know, like, okay, what are the parameters? So we're doing all this to make the word come alive. Did we ask people who did they want to be saved today? Did we make sure we followed up with people to see if there was anybody seeking deliverance? Did we mm -hmm. prophesy? You know, that's, I guess, what I'm concerned with now. After we've done this big show of what today's message is, did What's we follow the up? fruit of it? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I think, you know, a lot of times we, Lord Jesus, help me through this. I'm gonna mess up already. <laughs> I think the problem with 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 church today, we've everything has become such a joke until it's become more of an entertainment, mm -hmm. and myself included. You know, we've all done it. We'll see a funny video or something that happened in church, and somebody could honestly be in the spirit at that moment, and it'd be something funny, and we share it. And you know, the Lord is really dealing with me about that. You know, we share it, we laugh at it, we this and that. So when it happens in an actual church setting, you know, people, oh, that ain't real, that ain't da 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 And then we become so judgmental of everybody got an ideal of how church is supposed to be. Well, you need to do this and you need to do it that way. You ain't prophesying, you da 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 Then you got a lot of these people that are more, you know, that may be in the forefront and they may seem anointed or gifted, but they got all these other scandals and stuff following them as well. So really it's almost as if the church is looking like i'm not saying that it's becoming or not nothing because i'm not the voice of a church but it's almost as if nowadays it's becoming more of an entertainment it's becoming more of a circus show it's becoming more of people are being 
just easily distracted, you know, with things going on. I know people right now that go to certain churches because they know they're going to get a good laugh out of it. Seriously. I know people right now that do that. So I think what we need to do as young adults and as those that um, have platforms, we got to find a way to first, number one, bring the respect and the character and the integrity back into the church. So that way, when the spirit of God does, because there are times where the spirit of God will, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will do things. The Bible says he'll take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. But there are times where the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will do things that that look crazy or insane or weird. If you go look at the stories of like the Azusa, it's Black History Month. So we're going to, you know, W.J. Seymour. He is the father of, of, the, of the Pentecostal movement in the United States. But if you go back and look at the history and some of the things that they did while they were praying in the Azusa meeting, to us, that would be crazy. But because he did it, hundreds and thousands of people were filled and filled and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They say he would pray and put a shoebox on top of his head. And while the people was praising God, he would just stand in the middle of the floor with a shoebox on top of his head. And the power of God would fall and people would receive the Holy Ghost. So um, we got to really get back to bringing the attention back to the Holy Ghost um, and people following the leading of the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that gives us power. It is the Holy Ghost that you may be gifted, but without the Holy Ghost, you may not have the power. It's the Holy Ghost that gives us the power to cast out demons. Um, it gets the Holy Ghost that gives us the power to, if you're looking at them, I think it's in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, Paul talks about the different gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, laying hands on the sick, the gift of faith, the gift of wisdom. Don't nobody want that one, though. Wisdom. But these gifts, <laughs> and he said it, they all come from the Holy Ghost. They all come from the Spirit, but they all, they have different ways that they work but they all work yeah. from the same spirit of god so i think we need to be more focused on telling our generation those that have the holy ghost we need to encourage our generation to get the holy ghost so then when they get up they won't be looking silly and it'll all make sense <laughs> okay i'm done i digress i ain't gonna get no help tonight it's all right so that's a lot um top made a great uh point in the comments that there are different learners in the church and then especially for the preachers who are not great orders and it's sometimes it's difficult to follow along what their points are then an the illustration does help with that um how do we make sure that in our churches i guess what i also want us to be mindful about is that we're also in the time where this generation, including I think ours, want to see more physical demonstrations of the spirit. And I don't want illustrations to be like the new wave that we go back to not like really needing to see, you know, a physical demonstration because the illustration passages used was so bomb. Like it's like taken away from the need to still see God do mm -hmm. something physically in church. I think I, we won't go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think I don't know. I, I guess I I want us to be careful that it does not become a distraction. Like we're like you said, it goes back to entertainment. Now we're so entertained, we're so amazed. Like I can't wait to see what Pastor's gonna come up with next because last week was so good that that's all we're looking forward to. What did Pastor come up with now? Um, mm -hmm. that we're not even like 
requiring or like pull it on the spirit to show us like a physical demonstration? To be honest, there's not a strong hunger for the baptism of the Holy Ghost these days. Um, people are more into self-help, you know, no shade, life coaching, you know, people are writing, you know, doing books, you know, you can do your, and I'm not against um, any of that, but we've done so much of that. We, it's almost to the point where we're making people feel like they don't need the Holy Ghost anymore because I'm so self-empowered, but we won't see manifestations of miracle signs and wonders. It is the Holy Ghost that gives you that gift to, to demonstrate the miracles, um, to see people healed and see that. And until we see uh, more of a hunger for that and more of a desire to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, see, I'm sorry, I can't help it, I'm coaching because that's how they taught us growing up. But seriously, and as I get older, that's the truth. When, when there's not a hunger for the presence of God and a hunger to be filled with his spirit and be totally endowed with his power, you won't see miracles because, you know, a lot of, the Lord told me this a while back. A lot of people are not anointed. They're just available. He just used them because he needed a job done. That don't necessarily mean you're anointed. You were just available at that moment because yeah, you can pray and God can do things and God can turn things around. But if you really want to see a manifestation of the spirit of God, you got to have a hunger and a desire for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And at, Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus said it, you know, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They lay hands on the sick. They'll, you know, and my thing is today, everybody got so much advice on how to plan a church and how to grow a church and how to do this and, you know, having all these conferences. But if you really look at the history of the church, what grew the church was the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And when those people in Jerusalem were filled with the Holy Ghost, those 300 Jews, and they spoke in tongues. And when they went out, that's when the church exploded because they were now able to demonstrate within the same power that Jesus demonstrated in while he was here on earth. So we really got to encourage this generation. And you don't really, and the sad part about it, in a lot of Pentecostal churches, they're not preaching on receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and we call ourselves the Pentecostal ones. You know, they'll tell you how to write a book. They'll tell you to start that business. They'll tell you, you know, you're purpose-driven. They'll tell you to follow your dreams. They'll tell you to do all of that, but they will not tell you. <laughs> well, you need to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. I know you say, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You know, there was a man in the Bible. I'm, I'm done after this one. Apollos. Apollos was one of the greatest preachers in the, in, in the world at that time. And he could really preach and expound and break that gospel down. But Paul asked him a question. He said, I know you're a good preacher, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You got atheists that can preach. They go to school and study. Most colleges, it's the atheists that's teaching the religious classes. So I think that's what we need to get back to. Nothing wrong, you know, but now we're talking about our haters. We're talking about people trying to stop me and block me, but we're not talking about the Holy Ghost. And, and when we don't do that, it doesn't create an appetite for a generation to receive the Holy Ghost. There's no appetite because we, we don't talk about it. So that's really what it boils down to. So we'll we'll take an illustration and we'll get mad and say, God ain't the Lord. God bring the miracles back to the church. 
And the Lord the whole time saying, well, y'all need to come back to me first. <laughs> then I give you the miracles. So I'm done. Is, is it possible that this wave of illustration is a distraction that is keeping us from hearing what the people are, the preacher is actually saying? And I'm asking because uh, I saw a comment, so I can't verify that this is true or false, but I saw a comment after uh, like this correspondence going back and forth mm-hmm. about when Mike Todd did his last demonstration, well, did the, the big one about the spit. And somebody was writing in the comments, you know, that's what everybody was focusing on, but they was like, but y'all missed that he said that sin can't send you to hell. So I was like, wait a minute, he said what? So I can't verify that's what he actually said, but there was like discussion going back and forth about some stuff that he said in that message that was not biblically sound, but because of the demonstration or the the illustration, people were distracted Mm -hmm. from what he was actually saying. I think that's why, again, we got to go back. When you have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, Y'all, y'all finna get this all night. I'm sorry, call it old school, but it's the truth. What's the scripture that we we always quote that scripture? Try the spirit by the spirit. But if you really read the spirit, the scripture in the context, it says that. Um, I wish I could find it right now. I'm not a walking Bible like most preachers are. But when you go back and read the scriptures, tell us that we are able to try the spirits. Now we do try the spirits, but it's the Holy Ghost that gives us that insight, that wisdom, that understanding to know if this is of God, if this is what um, the Lord, the word of God is saying concerning this, is this being preached in context? Is this being, you know, this and that? When you really have the Holy Ghost, you don't allow people to just feed you all kind of foolishness and all all types of things. And if it's off, then you would know because it would bear, if it's, if it's of God, it will bear witness with your spirit if you have a spirit. Because I remember somebody tried to tell me once, I was telling you, you ain't got a Holy Ghost. I said, no, you don't have a Holy Ghost. <laughs> Because I know I got the Holy Ghost. So if you can't tell if I got the Holy Ghost, then you don't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but, and, and 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 we were saying that, but but again, so when you think about certain illustrations, if it's of the spirit of God, whatever God does, if it's of his spirit, it will bear witness with your spirit. If the Holy Ghost in that person can, does something, then the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, it should be like a, a connection. You know what I'm saying? Um it's just like the Bible when when Mary and Elizabeth, um, when they were uh, when Elizabeth was pregnant with John, and the Bible says they were praying, and the baby inside of John, the baby that was in his mother's womb at that time, he leaped and he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mom's womb. But it was bearing witness to what was going on. Thank you, Sister Todd. There we go. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Test them. We say try the spirit by the spirit, but it says test the spirits to see whether they be from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So that's why you need the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost will help you filter out which which is of his and which is not of his. You know, you I've been in services with prophets that have prophesied the socks off and I've literally sat in there like. And then in my mind, that I, and I already know it. In my mind, I'd be like, they finna call me out. They finna call me out. They finna call. As soon as I said, young man, right there in the back, I'd be like, here we go. 
And I'm not one to really like, oh God, I'll be shot while they prophesying. I stand right there and listen because we do have a right to judge the prophecy. We do. And it's the Holy Ghost that helps you understand. I ain't got no help in here tonight. I feel like <laughs> preaching. I ain't preached in a while, y'all. I might be coming out of retirement. <laughs> you know, it's the same as like going to those services where, um, I mean, like they throwing money at the pastor. You like, I mean, it happens. I get it. Now I'm not going to demonize everything because there are yeah, times yeah. where things do happen. You know, I've seen people pick people up and carry them on their backs and cross the altar and stuff. I've seen things. I've been to church. I'm about to be 35. No, I'm not going to be 35. I'm about to I'm about to be 29 in a couple of weeks. But I haven't I've seen things and I've been in church all my life. So I was raised, you know, being raised especially in the Pentecostal church. We've seen We've seen stuff, but I've yeah. also seen people healed. I've seen people have strokes in church and arms literally lock up and the pastor didn't have to lay hands on them. The saints, just the regular members would stretch their hand and pray and that person's arm would stretch out. I've seen people almost have heart attacks and stuff in church. I've seen demons cast out. God is, humbly I would say that God has even used me to cast out demons at a young age. I was like 19, 20 years old. You know, and I'm not saying that to sound arrogant or nothing, but it just... You can't demonstrate the spirit until you have a relationship with the spirit. And that's what we got to really teach this generation that's coming up. Everybody want to preach and everybody want to put their pictures on flyers. But do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the Holy Ghost? You know, everybody want to put on their conferences and stuff. That needs to be that needs to be part of like when churches reach out to us and say, Hey, I'm having something such and such, and I want to I want you to be a part of it. That needs to be the first thing we ask. Do you have the Holy Ghost? I remember it was one preacher that um, we were trying to get for Shakers and they asked, they said, do you believe in the gifts of the spirit? Do you believe in the gift of the Holy Ghost? Stuff like that. Because if you didn't, they weren't coming. That's good. Yeah, they asked. Instead of just like doing the bare minimum and reading somebody's bio and like, oh yeah, they sound like they would be a good fit. But like doing a little little digging Mm -hmm. to see if they do believe in the gifts. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. And, and this is the thing. Everybody talk, oh, we want to go back to the old landmark. Let's have church like we used to. But to be honest, y'all are not going to sacrifice <laughs> and suffer and go through like those right. saints back in the day. Right, right. My mom's, my mom and my aunts, they always tell me about their aunt, which would be my great aunt. She was an evangelist and she was a prophetess. And my mom says it was nothing for their aunt to shut down literally this back in the day in the 70s and 80s. She would close down for 21 days. She wouldn't answer the phone. No, she would. I mean, she would totally isolate herself for 21 days. She wouldn't eat or anything. And but when she came out, she would be prophesying up something. And they would say, well, if she said it, you know, it would rain frogs and it was going to rain frogs. But that was just the type of sacrifice that they made back then. And we talk about, you know, we want to have church like they did back in the day. But this generation ain't trying to, they're they not finna suffer like that. We can't even go a whole day fasting. We have to fast for like six hours and 12 hours and stuff. We can't. <laughs> we ain't finna, we ain't finna give up no, no, wait a minute, I can't eat all day? We'll, we'll, we'll be about to die. Yeah, so, you drink water. Yeah, I drink water, but the saints might then, they would take off their job. If they was fasting, they would call off, they would take off work. You know, use their vacation time. I'm shutting in for three days, I won't be here. And you know, but that was just the type of sacrifice. And that's why you saw so many miracles happen, you yeah. know, um, because there was such a hunger for God's presence. 
And even myself, God was God was dealing with me about this yesterday. I said, God, I said, dang, I, you know, and I'm just being honest. I was like, Lord, what? You know, I feel like I was kind of slipping a little bit. And the Lord told me that. He said, you may not be as hungry for me as you was back then. And it sent a chill over my body. I said, mm. so we got to get our hunger back. That's really all it is. Wow. Yeah. Because mm. everybody's not going to be the business owner. Everybody not right. going to be the media now. Everybody's not going to write the book. Everybody's not going right. to be the, the therapist. Everybody's. We need some people to, to be, you know, some of the greatest prophets that, that ever spoken to my life was those that were never on flyers. Some of the most miracles I ever seen were from the people that you would never even know. They was just sitting from the saints sitting right there in church. You know, we got to quit being so personality driven and running after who's who because the person that actually had the Holy Ghost could be sitting right next to you and can really pray and get whatever that's on you off of you. So. And I think that's what like had me start thinking about it. Um, somebody that I, I would say like I listened to, I kind of subscribed to her teaching. Um, she um, is talks about how this year the Lord is gonna like uncover a lot of things, and like those people who we think because they're in the public or because they have a certain platform that they um are operating in his spirit and in his power and his will like he's going to reveal that they aren't his and not to say that you know like mike ty is it but it started it did start making me like man i wonder who that's gonna be let me start like let me take a step back and not fall in like love with these personalities and like look at their ministries with objection to make sure that they are operating in the spirit, that it is biblically sound, that there isn't no false doctrine here, and that I'm not being swayed by their charisma, their speech, um, their, you know, the flashy lights or the scenery of the setting or how well they were able to market this week's message or, you mm -hmm. know, all of those things that we can easily be distracted by. And like you said... <laughs> Because our like our local pastor doesn't have all that stuff, we'll easily, you know, like dismiss them mm -hmm. and go for the big personality. But the local pastor is the one who is actually spending time studying the word um, after work, before work, mm -hmm. um, coming to the church in the middle of the week just to study. But we are, you know, we can be distracted by these big personalities who probably mm -hmm. don't even spend no time with the Lord. None. Be doing all that yeah. shouting and go home and yeah, raise professional hell. writers writing their messages. <laughs> and this would kill me. And, and this would kill me. You got some people, they will write a book and can't even read the Bible. I'm done. Lord, please. <laughs> but it's the truth. <laughs> Won't even study your word, but you can write a book about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think until we as we as we as believers, we got to we got to get our hunger for the spirit of God back, um, because if we really do. I'm telling you, we would really see a manifestation. This generation has the boldness. We have the creativity. But can you just imagine what would happen when we when we incorporate that with the spirit of God, with the Holy Ghost? Man, no, if we can be unstoppable already in our flesh, what do you think the Holy Ghost can do? In the spirit realm, if, if if we have a relationship with them and get filled with them, man, this world would be flipped upside down. It, it really would be. 
But we got to get back to that, you know, demonstrations of the spirit of God and demonstrations of his power and demonstrations of, of everything. And until we see that, we won't, we won't. And, and, and Sister Todd, if she's still on here, I, I definitely want to give her a shout out because she was our youth leader some years ago when we were growing up at Cathedral. And she was her and along with Sister Jones and some of the other ones and things like that. They really, even at our teenage years, they really made sure that they taught us and educated us about the Holy Ghost. It wasn't no, we didn't have that excuse. Oh, they too young. <laughs> we had to know. We had to know. No, it's devils out here. The devil is literally out here trying to kill you. You need some power to combat this thing. And you need you need to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost so you'll know. You know what I'm saying? We would have shut-ins as teenagers, you know, seeking God and crying out to God. And then when I got older and the Lord began to manifest his spirit through me, it just came because I had that hunger for him. So we got to develop a hunger in this generation. That's so true. That makes sense about like too how they were so adamant about us tearing for the spirit. It was like it wasn't a you know, you accept the salvation today and then in a few weeks you can come back. It was like, oh, you want to be saved? Okay, you accept Christ and then now let's tear for the Holy Ghost. They wanted us to get it right then at the same time. So we knew it was like a I don't think I ever knew it was separate, like a separate thing until I became an adult because of the way I had grown up. It was like I knew it was a package deal. Like once I got saved that I immediately we need to you need to tear for the Holy Ghost. It wasn't like, a OK, next week we're going to um, go and make sure that we, you know, ask the Lord the spirit to live inside of us. I think. I don't always agree with how things were taught to us or how. You know, they use certain doctrine to try to teach us. But I do understand. I, I'm grateful for my foundation because I think now I am able to, like, discern more than the average millennial because of my foundation, because of the hardness, because of the strictness, um, because they were so, like, heaven and hell, um, heaven or hell. Like, we knew about hell. We knew that if we did not accept Jesus, that you was going to hell. You're going to lift it up your eyes. It, it didn't matter that we was young. They didn't, like, try to, like, shy mm -hmm. away from it, sugarcoat it. Like, we knew if we did not accept Christ, that you're going to mm -hmm. hell. And yeah. so I, appreci I appreciate that hardness, but today, everybody's like, oh, God is not like that. God is allowed. <laughs> I mean, and he, he is a merciful father. He loves us, but he's a righteous judge as well. And with and we have to really make sure that we're educating our younger people that our next generation, because you know that old generation. If we really look at it, they're they're they are literally leaving here. Look, yeah. within the last two years, look how many faith leaders that we looked up to. Look how many of them have gone on. It's too many of them to even name. It, and then some of them weren't even that old, and they're leaving here. So. As though as the guards are changing, the new face of the church now is really like, you know, us. Um, and I and you know, and until we really, like I said, we gotta educate this young generation about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's great to be saved, you know. I don't care how many life groups you join, I don't care how many safety nets or whatever they call them things now that you get into. You know, do that. That's great. But you need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you need it. It 
I honestly, I told God this. I honestly don't think I would have made it in this day and age of the church. I probably would have been backslid, especially during the pandemic with all this going on. If I did not have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, I would have been backslid at least a year or two ago. Seriously. I would have been like, man, forget it. But because I have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, that's what keeps me solid. It's not, it's not going to church. It's the Holy Ghost that keeps me solid. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So and and that's why, and that's what I'm saying. And if we really, like I said, we look at the history of the Bible and look at the history of the church, it was the miracles that that grew the church. Miracles are supposed to draw unbelievers to Jesus. They were never meant to draw people to you. They were supposed to draw people when when you demonstrated a miracle, people were supposed to be like, Oh God, where did this come from? And that was supposed to open up the door for you to preach Jesus and talk about Jesus. You know, my mom and dad, they could tell you stories when they used to go witnessing in evangelism. They would pray. They used to cast out demons on the street. The cars be driving by and everything. And people be throwing yeah, mom and dad. Yep. I remember that as a kid. They used to be y'all. <laughs> yep. They used to be out there evangelizing. I mean, in the hood and casting out demons and all that. But when they got finished, they would minister to those people. And then the people that was all around watching and they saw what had happened and how God had set somebody free. And that opened up a door for them to evangelizing window souls as well. That's what miracles do. It was never supposed to make you rich. It was never supposed to make you famous. It was supposed to draw people closer to God. And as they get closer to God, then they demonstrate miracles and, and win more people. Would you, yeah. Top bringing up a good point. She was saying that there's a lot of youth ministries that not, have not been active during this pandemic and we have found like churches have found so many like great ways to try to like engage their adult audience that we have not it does not seem as a whole body equally made the same effort for youth when it comes to that and that is the that is the future that's the that's the healthier church you know if you've been to a church where there is no youth then the church is dying you, what you want to say, Stanley? You trying to hold it? I'm trying to try to ask the Lord to brighten my tongue. Trying to ask the Lord to brighten my tongue. I think that one of the main reasons why churches are not really focusing on youth right now. One of the reasons I'm not saying this is the main reason, but I think the real reason why a lot of people, a lot of ministries, are not focusing on the youth and the younger ones, it's because the older ones are the financial pillars of the church. You know, so. You know, you still got to have bills paid. You still got to get things done. You still got to, and nothing wrong with that. We do, but that's the talk now with most preachers. Millennials and Zs, they don't tithe and they don't give offering. So the emphasis is not really on them because they're not helping us stay afloat. It's the older crowd. So we need to keep that older crowd involved because they're helping us financially stay afloat. Now, I understand that, but on the flip side of it, you're focusing on one generation and you're totally ignoring another one. So it's making it seem like you're only catering to this generation because they're helping, they're making sure that the church is sustained financially. But you can't do that because if you haven't really took the time to educate this next generation on the importance of tithing and offering and all of that, and then, you know, on the other basic biblical principles, then when that generation dies off, you still won't have no church because they, they're not coming. <laughs> you think about it. Ministries are on social media now, and the young people are not even tuned in. You've came to their platform, and they're still not, they, and you still are not engaging in it. 
That's true. Think about it. They'd rather be on TikTok than watch your live stream services. Or Snapchat than watch your live stream services. You're not doing anything appealing to them. You know, the Bible says, how can they believe what they've not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? How can a preacher preach unless he's been sick? How beautiful the feet of those that uh, preach the gospel. But when a, that's what I'm saying. When, when we don't hear the preach word of God, God, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really like trigger anything in us. You know, the Bible also says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But when when we hearing a lot of this other stuff and we're not really hearing the word, it doesn't trigger, it doesn't create an appetite. And I think that's what we got to really get back to. You know, we got to make sure that when we preach the gospel, it's for all men. It's for the young. It's for the old. It's for the for the Jews. It's for the Greeks. It's for the Gentiles. It's for the blacks. It's for the whites. It's for everybody. The gospel is for everybody. You don't single it out because of this person, this group benefits you more than that thing. So that's how I feel. It's so much I can say, but I'm I'm really that is so true, Stanley. And I'm we really do trend, give like, offering. And we do give offering. We do tithe. We just don't do it out of fear anymore or thinking mm -hmm. that we're gonna be cursed with a curse, like you got mm -hmm. like y'all keep telling us. Um, but we are tithing. Um yeah. And then it's another I, situation where you teach now this is a situation and i'm just going to be honest i don't care no more it's the real one but it's a situation where when you when you're being brought up and they're teaching you to receive the holy ghost and get a relationship with the holy ghost and when you do get a relationship with the holy ghost and he appears to use you a little bit more powerful than those that told you to receive it you have some leaders that could be insecure and hold you back And I'm, that's the, just my nice way of saying it. That's so, true. you know, so, and that, that was another argument. Okay, you told me to receive the Holy Ghost. You told me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You told me to allow God to use you. You told me to give God my yes. And now that I'm giving God my yes, and he's anointed me to do a great work. And now that it looks like the anointing on my life can come can be stronger than yours, you get intimidated and you keep me held back and you box me in. I'm gonna tell you to leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a lot of young, and I'm I'm just saying this. This is a lot. This is the talk. I'm that's what I'm saying. This this is the talk with young people now. Talk with young adults and youth. That's why a lot of them. Uh, it's like okay, you told me to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm here, and I'm the Holy Ghost is using me mightily, but you won't let me. You won't let me at least father me or mother me or coach yeah. me or. You won't even do that. You just, it ain't, <laughs> what's the number one thing? But it ain't you, your season. You know what? <laughs> I have asked the Lord for years to send me somebody, to send me a mentor. And he has made it clear that I am going to be the one to teach you because it does affect your ministry when it's, depending on the person who mentors or who coaches or who wants to mother or father you. Because then now you may liken your ministry to theirs, or they may start having some input in your, your ministry. I don't know if I've said this publicly yet, but I don't have a I don't have a church home right now. And it goes back to what I was what Say what? Saying. <laughs> it I goes back to what, it, it goes back to what you were saying, saying like there's no way I would and it's been over a year now. 
But there's no way I would be able to survive this season if I did not have a personal relationship with the Lord. Like, I don't have a church home, but when I say I have not missed a beat in my personal life, if anything, it has um, caused me to, like, to deepen my appetite for the Lord. But now I'm at a point, point where I feel like I'm ready to rejoin a ministry and serve in ministry again. But I'm a more mature commander now. And I know, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what the Lord needed to do mm -hmm. with me because we can get in those spaces where people hold us back or they box us in. Um, and then you're not allowing the, the spirit that you have coached me, encouraged me, preached me to get or to obtain, to let him take hold of you and let him use you. Now you're pre preventing that same spirit from doing what he wants to do in me, allowing me to mm -hmm. demonstrate in this ministry. But I've never felt more free because now when I go, whenever, whatever ministry I join, they'll meet this calendar. So they mm -hmm. won't meet the, the, you know, the immature one who grew up in church and like really wanted to not overstep and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So you're right. It, it goes, yeah. it does, it goes both ways. They have to and, allow yeah. us to start. And I think pastors have to really understand you don't have to carry we've made everything with churches if the pastor don't do it then don't do it or only the pastor can pray for sick people only the pastor can cast out demons only the pastor can do this only the pastor can do that but when you have the the same holy ghost that dwells in your pastor and your leader and your bishop and your apostle and your overseer and all these other titles y'all got out here it's the same holy ghost that dwells within you and pastors you have to understand and i'm and i know he ain't got no church. He can't tell me how to run no church. But I can tell you as a member what the members want. When you have a membership full of the Holy, you don't know what kind of gifts that the Holy Ghost has given your members to help you enlarge the kingdom at your local churches. You don't know how many people that died that could have been healed if you would have just released your released the allowed people to flow in the anointing of God at your local assemblies. You know, there are some members that I know they don't have titles. But God is honestly giving them a, a gift of healing. I mean, can literally pray and cancer tumors dry up and, and sickness and disease will leave their body. But because when you make everything about one particular person, people miss out on those opportunities. You got members of churches that have the gift of prophecy and that could really prophesy accurately and be spot on. But because you have put that, uh-uh, if, if it ain't him, can't nobody do it. So you have people that are really not getting all of God because they have all of you. So I would say, allow the, encourage the membership. If you're encouraging the membership to receive the Holy Ghost and and and, and flow in the anointing of God and, and do that, then when they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the baptism, teach them, train them, and let them go for them. Let them go for them. It's, it's, it's not a competition. It's not, nobody's trying to take your place. You know, as we say, uh, Bishop Paul says, his anointing should not fight anointing. If it's really the anointing, it won't be a competition. It won't be any jealousy. You know, I'm not jealous of anybody that's anointed. Sometimes, truth be told, <laughs> I'd rather God use them than me. So I'm just being honest. Like, I'm telling you, get me to do stuff. It's like pulling teeth because I'm, I'm really not a person that likes to be in the forefront of things. And people that know me personally know that. But like i said allow the people to go forth and i promise you think about it that would be a great reputation for your church to have 
if you be like, man, I could go to such a church and the pastor ain't even got to lay hands on me. His members, they're anointed. They can lay hands and 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 God can heal. They can lay hands or they can minister and somebody get saved. They can, the pastor ain't got to do, all he do is preach and the members go for him. That, that, what type of reputation, what type of, you know what I'm saying, influence that it give a neighborhood or a community? You know, everybody's not going to be able to, the pastor can't, you know, be in everything at the same time. So release some of the, release your people to go for them. Just saying. Yeah, that's good. And I think that way we will have both illustrations and demonstrations yeah. so that even if, like you were saying, well, with Bishop, he has, he's a teacher, but the Lord did use him often to like, he'll break out after the message and, you know, feel the healing anointing right now um so then there will be a demonstration but even if he did not have that gift and he only had the gift of teaching because we allow our other our um people in our congregation to exercise their gifts we could still have you know both so i I think it i think it would that's a great church too because it's like pastor don't even have to be here there's still such Mm -hmm. an excellence that's it's still such a high quality in this ministry, even if their pastor isn't here because everybody knows what their gift is and everybody's operating in their own gifts. And I agree. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm like, Lord, why can't I have been a doctor? Something like on the secular side or a lawyer, why do you want me to be in ministry leading organization, faith-based organizations? So I would much rather him use <laughs> somebody else too. And let me just Go do something else. Let me just stay in the background and wave my hand. Yeah. But it's so, and it's so crazy because it's so many mantles that have fallen and are still falling because we, we, you know, so many people have, you know, have left mantles here and, you know, and it's so many gifts, but we cannot, we're a lot of us, you know, we can't keep quenching the spirit of God. You know, like right. I said, nothing wrong with your demonstrations. Do your demonstrations, but please make sure it's 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 led by the Spirit of God, and please make sure do you're your encouraging your people to receive. Yeah, illustrations. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, do your illustrations, but then make sure your demonstrations of spirit. You know, your demonstrations of spirit led. For instance, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna be done seriously. I remember I used to. A lot of people don't know I used to do a lot of stuff, but I used to uh, go to the city rescue mission. Me and my dad used to rotate and go to the city rescue mission on Tuesday nights. And if you're not in Jacksonville, the city rescue mission is the place where all of the people that uh, were either homeless on drugs, you know, and we're trying to rehabilitate and then the jail and they really just trying to get back on their feet. So my dad had done it for like over 20 years. He ministered there and taught there. So he would sometimes at that time, he would let me go periodically. And I remember one time at church, Bishop Hall, was doing a series on healing and he was teaching about healing and preaching about healing and and things like that so i said to myself when it was my dad asked me he said can you go to the mission for me tonight i said okay fine so then i'm sitting at work no i was in i was in school then i was in college then, and i'm sitting in class like oh what am i talking about tonight what am i talking about tonight so the spirit of the lord told me minister healing and i'm like that is it the rescue mission no nah. So it was on me, on me heavy. So I went, I said, okay, Lord, I went and I preached about healing and this and that. Literally while I was preaching, this is the God honest truth. There was a lady in there with arthritis and her hands was like balled up in that. 
And she said she hasn't been able to do whatever. By the time we had them prayed, the power of God literally came in there to the city rescue mission. And them people was really crying out to God and everything. And this is a God honest truth. I would not make this up. But this lady literally was stretching her hands out. And she was not able to, she said, I couldn't even make a fist. She says, like, my hands got locked like that. And it had been like that for some time. But God was showing me that I didn't even lay hands on this lady. I never laid hands on her. We just prayed. We preached healing. Her faith connected. And God healed her. So that was a demonstration of his word taking place. And the Bible does tell us that God will confirm his word with signs and wonders. So if we're saying we're not seeing miracles. That's probably because we ain't hearing the word. Because the word will make proof of itself. He confirms his word with signs and wonders. So when you preach the word, God has to demonstrate what he preached, what he told you. You got to say what he, as old people say, you got to say what he say. You know, so let's get back to that. You, you know, I mean, we got to get back to it. We, we just got to get back to it. I did not know ah. that she was going there. You probably not hearing the word. I didn't know he was going there. <laughs> you probably not. Because he confirms his word. Think about it. He confirms his word with signs and wonders. So in order for me to hear his word, in order for him to confirm the word, that means I, I had to already have heard it. Just saying. Just saying. I mean, but they say, you know, and, and we do it, we see it all the time. Everybody got a revival. Everybody got a conference. Everybody got a concert. Everybody got a musical. Everybody got a worship night. Everybody got a this and that. Everybody doing a prayer jam or, you know, this and that. <laughs> and then we say, Lord, send the miracles, send the miracles. Just saying. This is how you get them. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Yep. Yep. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Somebody, who, who wrote this passage of scripture in this comment? <laughs> Put that back up. That must be, oh, Lord, that's. <laughs> Oh, we have a national recording artist with us, Jay Lyric. What he said? Sometimes people only want the pastor to lay hands on them or to pray for them because they believe that they are the only ones who are valid. Hmm. Yeah. I've been in a place in my life where I have been in such a need for healing that I would reach out to anyone who offered some type of anointing or healing, which often ran me into more issues because everyone's gift isn't of God. You do have leaders like that who do make it seem like their gifts are the only ones that are valid, although they all come from the same spirit. Mm -mm. You got members that are, you have some members that are more anointed than their pastor. You really do. Some people who could preach better than they pastor, exactly. pray better. But yeah. that God didn't call them that a pastor. He called them to assist them and undergird them. Yeah. But truth be told, they probably could, you know. And 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 a past see this we deal with a lot of insecure leaders nowadays. Everybody got to be validated. Everybody got to be entitled. Everybody got to, you know, this and that. Everybody got. I I've never seen so many saints with such low self esteem about themselves to the point where when you got to get up and preach, we got to just make you feel so great for you to just do what God told you to do, you know. So we we live in that day now. Everybody wants you know everybody wants that. But at in but the Bible says. That when we follow Christ, we must first deny ourselves. You're supposed to deny yourself and then take up your cross and follow him. You don't, when you're anointed, 
you don't have to promote that. The anointing promotes itself. You know, back in the Bible, they would send for the prophet. They would send for the preacher. They would send for those persons. They didn't have to say, hey, I'm available for booking in Jerusalem tonight. If y'all need me, here's my here's my card. Call me if y'all need so a miracle. True. They didn't do it. was the anointing that made people come after them. Yep. Yeah. The Bible said, I can preach a preacher unless he's been sent. It's the anointing that sends you the way you need to go. Yeah. I'm just saying. And you know, it's so crazy to me. We'll hold a revival, but won't even go to the hospital in our local cities and pray for people. We'll 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 go march. Oh Lord, I'm finna mess up. <laughs> we'll go protest. We'll go march. We'll go to courthouses, and you won't even go visit the members that's in jail at your own church. What's your motives? Oh, I'm about to mess up. I just lost about five friends on Facebook. And we okay. bless God. And we bless God. Let me just. That's a good place. That's a good place to end it. Yeah, we got to get the Holy Ghost, y'all. I'm serious. We, we really do, though. We, we got to, and we got to teach our young people coming after us. It's great to be a great preacher. You could be an awesome psalmist, a great worship leader. You can even speak in tongues. But do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the Holy Ghost? I don't. I don't care about no tongues. I don't care about no shouting. Do you really have the Holy Ghost? I mean, yes, you started a church. Praise the Lord. Thank God for your launch. But do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have it? You can do all of this great stuff, but you need the Holy Ghost. And yes, you do. once you get Holy Ghost, you'll see the demonstration of the Spirit. Yep. He'll prove itself. Yep. Let me stop. Let me stop, yes, y'all. I'm gonna get caught up. I feel my help. <laughs> I know you have some um, church announcements now. Yes, y'all. We. Whoo, where do I begin? Where do I begin? Okay, y'all, listen up. A lot of you all have been asking, and when is Shakers coming back? And when are we doing some things? And when we got some things going on? So um, I'm going to take this time to really let you all know. Number one, Shakers is back and. Uh, we got some great things planned. Um, we're definitely doing a a revamping of what Shakers was. It's going to be a lot more um, outreach as it was meant to be from the beginning. So um, we're starting off on, matter of fact, on this particular Thursday, on the 10th, we are having a virtual life group. It is open to everybody. It will be via Zoom. Um, if you want to join us on Zoom, you can meet us on Zoom. The meeting ID is 882-353-9321. And the passcode is SHAKERS, all capital letters. Again, the meeting code is 882-353-9321. Um, and the passcode is SHAKERS. It is a life group. So that means we're going to be talking. It's going to be raw and uncut. It's going to be very intimate. Uh, we're going to try our best to make people as comfortable as they want to to discuss about whatever issues they may be having. We're gonna walk through it. We're gonna pray. We're gonna bind. We're gonna lose. You know, we, we're gonna really deal with things and we're gonna really deal with ministry. The reason, and it's not gonna be live on Facebook. Um, I'm not doing this on Instagram or anything. Once the Zoom is done, it is done. Um, we're gonna be very intimate. You can leave your cameras off, you can stay on mute, and you can just tune in and listen. But um, again, starting every second and fourth. Thursday. That's what we're doing, the virtual life group. Also, um, we, we're doing a prayer call 
the Lord led me to do this because I don't know if you all have been, really been noticing it, but the spirit of suicide is really rampant right now. It's really rampant right now. And uh, we're doing a midnight um, prayer every Wednesday, starting at 1130. Um, if you all know, a lot of times during that 11 to 4 a.m. time frame, that's like serious warfare for a lot of people. A lot of people battle with insomnia and and, and can't sleep and they're stressed and they worry. So from 1130 to 1230, we would literally be praying. We would literally be worshiping um, every Thursday night. The meeting code for that one is eight. Is still That's going to be on via Zoom as well. And the Zoom meeting ID for that one is 845-7550. Wait, let me start over. 845-7550-7891. And the access code for that one is shaken, S-H-A-K-E-N-P-L-C. So that would be every Wednesday night starting at 1130, from 1130 to 1230, we're just going to be in there praying and uh, really dealing with some things. Again, Those th these two things will not be on social media live. We want to keep it intimate. We want people to be comfortable and things of that nature. We're not going to record anything. So once it's over, it's over. And... You got to catch us on the next one. So, yeah, y'all, please um, connect with us. We would love to see y'all. And um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great year for the Saints. So I really do. I really do. Welcome back. Welcome back. Shake it. Yeah, we're trying, guys. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> we're, we're trying to see what the Lord does. We're trying to see what the Lord does. So, um, so yeah, we're we trying, y'all. But that's those are just two major things that we're doing for right now. We got some other things coming up the, up but i want to you know this jackson you can't tell yourself too soon that's true. <laughs> yeah you can't, can't put it out there too soon what church girls got coming up y'all got a bible study too right yeah we have bible study every third sunday so bible study for february is the 20th at 7 p.m um i'll put the information you know what we're gonna have to probably just post everything on the real room page um yes. we're in the women of the bible series and so um we've been going through the old testament so far talking about all of the women in the bible last month we talked about support i had never heard so much about her or studied so much Something about, about uh, her. moses wife yeah yeah and mm -hmm. you know how they tell the story usually when we talk about moses we never mention support but support yeah. saved his life because moses was about to die the lord's about to take his snatch and, and she was black because she was ethiopian yeah, yeah. And we don't mm -hmm. never we never talk about that part of Moses' story. So the Women mm -hmm. of the Bible series has been very um enlightening. My sister is teaching this month. Um, and so I would love for you to join us. And then also I need y'all help. All the young, all the husbands on the line and wives. I only have two more rooms for the retreat. I need a sold-out retreat. Two more rooms, but it could like one room is shared, so it can serve like two different women. So if you're married. Or an engaged woman. Um, let's get these rooms sold. I would love to have you at the retreat. It's in July. It's in a beautiful, luxurious vacation home in Orlando, and we're gonna have a personal chef this year. Um, oh, that oh, that's what y'all calling our personal chefs. It is a personal chef. Mm -hmm. What else would it be called? What a pro we have a private mm -hmm. menu. He's gonna take care of the dishes, and he's gonna take listen. Care 
Y'all better Thank listen. They're they not going to be like living that. right at this retreat. They're not going to be living right. <laughs> yes, we now, are. Now, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, but this is it's a time to get away. And this year, we're going to really focus on our self-care as um, wise. So I'd love to have you. Um, so if you have any questions about that, let me know. And I think that's it. The next cohort of the Religious Detox is going to start probably in April. Um, and that's going, yeah, it's only for women. Sorry. Um, that's if you engage, send your fiance, though. Yeah, I said I said uh, Megan. I think she she needs that. She kind of need to uh, me and Megan to talk. I might sponsor. Yes. Oh, let me say this, y'all. Listen, I don't know. A lot of people don't know this, but we are actually on YouTube live as well. So we need yes. y'all to please go and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We ain't asking yes. y'all for no money or nothing. We just need y'all to please go on the Real Room page and YouTube That's and subscribe. True. Yeah, we never ask for an offer. We never ask y'all for an offer. Y'all sit there and pay. And subscribe. Y'all to do Patreon with. Let me hush. But they show will, Stanley. They show Because it's mess. You'll pay for gossip and mess. And here we are trying to save the world. And y'all, let me hush. Because I'm about to get caught up again. That's right. That's why you they ain't got the Holy Ghost. They ain't got the Holy Ghost. Your shares and your subscribes. That's it. So please go on YouTube. Um, It's the real room on YouTube, please. Because eventually um, we might be taking these lives down after we do them and you will only have to see them on youtube eventually so yeah that might be the thing but i'm just saying y'all please go to the real room page and subscribe subscribe on instagram as well so we need y'all support on social media help us help us yeah help us help you and um jay leary we definitely have the cash app if you want to talk to us um so oh yeah 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 you can and make sure it's 10 percent of your yeah. Look, it's ten percent of your gross. <laughs> we don't want to shortchange the Lord. No. That's right. No, but yeah, y'all, please, please follow us. I'm, I'm, but I'm done though. I ain't got nothing else. Okay. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in and join us next week for Real Talk Live. Peace.